Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. So when is the best time to set up mock scrapes and trail cams for deer season? We're going to talk about that and a number of other related issues on this episode. Welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're going to be talking about mock scrapes, when to put them up, when's the best time of the year, how to get them going, when to put up trail cams, the best time and the worst time to, to get that stuff in motion, and a bunch of related items. So first and foremost, if you're not familiar with a mock scrape, we've done episodes on this in the past. You can go back and look those up. Essentially what you're doing is you are creating an artificial scrape. Um, But even more than that, you are creating an artificial licking branch. And the best item to use for that, in my opinion, is a vine. There's vines all through the woods. You're looking for maybe a a three-quarter inch thick vine to an inch, inch and a quarter, maybe even an inch and a half, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, Just a vine, and you want to cut that vine maybe five, six, seven feet long. And then you want to hang that either from another branch, either from a rope that you string between two trees. You want to hang that vine right in the middle of a deer trail. And what's going to happen when you do that? Or right in the middle of a high traffic deer area. Maybe it's uh, an entry point to a food plot. Maybe it's a trail in the woods. Maybe it's a trail you found. Maybe it's a trail you made. Maybe it's a trail among a bunch of rubs that are on trees. Um, But whatever you do, you want to put this in a high traffic deer area. And what it's going to do is deer are going to come by that. And they're going to rub their heads, the preorbital glands on their heads. They're going to rub those glands on that branch. They're going to leave scent. They're going to smell the branch. They're going to lick the branch. And then what they're going to do oftentimes is they're going to make a scrape under that branch. And you may help get that scrape started by raking stuff out and getting that going. But either way, the licking branch, the mock scrape, is a powerful tool for focusing deer movement. Now what this does, this is not going to attract deer or bucks or anything else to your land or to your property. They're not going to travel a great distance to come to this thing. What it's going to do is it's going to create a focus point in an area where deer are already moving. So they might have been moving, you know, uh, 
parallel or, or across that area and a whole bunch of different little trails. But now you've created a focus point and, and, and draw them from you know a few yards in any direction to that trail, to that area, because they're inquisitive. They want to smell what other deer have been around here and lick this and rub their heads on this thing. And uh, I feel like bucks, when they come through an area and they come to a licking branch, you know, they're just taking an inventory of all the other deer in the area that have been through there recently and, and how, what they can smell and what they can learn. And, and they, they, they paw that scrape in the ground and maybe urinate in it and, and just create this hub of activity and deer scent that I do think over time does actually increase the amount of movement and activity in that area. Not to say it's pulling deer from a great distance, but it is, it's an attraction in that area. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I said, this is not magical. It's not going to pull deer from across the county. It might not pull them from 100 yards. But deer that are coming through that area, you can create a focus point for them. And the whole idea of that is one, so you can set up a camera on that focus point. Because where are you going to set up a trail cam? Where's the best place? Well, the best place to set up a trail cam is where you're going to have consistent deer movement of the majority of the deer coming through that area. So a hot trail, entrance to a food plot, a feeding area, bedding area, uh, or a water hole, or a mock scrape. And all those other things, there's very little you can do to control where those are and what's going to happen. But the mock scrape, you can put that wherever's the best place for it to go. So what you want to do is you set up a mock scrape and you put a trail cam on that mock scrape. And what's going on there is you're creating that synergy, uh, uh, that, that attraction, that focal point for deer to come. And, and you know, uh, trail cameras, even the good ones, even the ones that are, you know, the, the higher end models, the top of the line, they are still only so good. Their, where their focus is and where they're going to trigger movement, they, they want to make you believe that they can just cover an entire field and anything that walks through that field from 100 yards this side to 100 yards that side, they're going to get that picture. And friends, it is just not so. It is just not so. The cheap trail cams, they have like a detection range of 15 feet and they have a cone that at 15 feet is like three feet wide. I mean, they're terrible. The really good ones, they are better than that, but they are not that much better. So you really need to have a, a good place to put a trail cam because where are you going to focus that investment and that recon? And you know what's the best place that you can get the best and the most photos of the deer that are coming through that area? And then ideally, ideally now, you've got that mock scrape. So that's a focus point. You've got that trail cam now that you can see what deer are coming through there. And based on that intel, based on that recon, you're going to set up uh, a tree stand or you're going to set up a hunting blind or you're going to somehow set up a way to hunt that area. My motto is every mock scrape that you do should be within bow distance of a place that you're going to hunt from. Now maybe you don't, you don't hunt archery, maybe you only hunt rifle. Still, I would want to be that close, within 30 yards. 
you want to be able to be within 30 yards of wherever that's going to be. Now, maybe, you know, the course, there's always exceptions. Maybe it is a, a field and a food plot 150 yards past where your blind is, you know, whatever. There's always exceptions. Um, this is not a rule. This is just a, this is a rule of thumb. So, you know, I want to be close to that spot. Even, even when I hunt rifle, I'm still within 30 yards of my mock scrape. But I'll be honest with you, I've yet to even shoot a deer further than 50 yards away. Even, even with a 308 with a 12 power scope, I've just, I've not, I've not shot any further than that. I've never needed to. Um, and to be honest, I think it's easier to hunt closer because deer can't see you because you, or excuse me, I need to back up a little bit. I like to hunt close in cover so that I can't see real far because then the deer can't see real far. And as soon as I can see them, they are shootable. And I like that approach because I feel like there's less chance of being busted. But of course, depending on where you hunt, if you've got an open field at a distance, maybe it serves you best to hunt 200 yards away from a blind. Great. But I'm just talking about in general, on public land, in the woods, you know, small parcels, wherever you're at, this is a great way to do it. But either way, you want a camera and you want a mock scrape. So when do you do that? When do you set that up? Can you set up cameras that are not on mock scrapes? Sure, you can set up a camera on anything that will focus movement. Maybe it is a trail through a really thick area and there's really no other great way to get through there. It's a pinch point. That's a good place to set up a camera. Water hole, like I said, entrance to a feeding area, entrance to a bedding area. Another high traffic area. Now people think high traffic areas and they may have a field that's a high traffic area, but you need uh, like a 10 foot by 10 foot zone that's high traffic because trail cams are not that great. Even the good ones are not that great. So you, the, when I say high traffic, I mean, it's really got to be focused. You put a trail cam on the edge of a, you know, of a field that's a few hundred yards wide, you are just, for the most part, wasting your time unless it is on an entryway or an exit path to and from that field or some other thing that focuses movement or gives a reason for, for the deer to be within 15 feet of that camera. So when do you do this? When do you get out and set this stuff up? When you put a camera out, when you do a mock scrape, when do you do both? And again, like I said, the whole idea here is mock scrape is a focus point for a trail cam, which gets you intel and recon to decide whether or not you want to put a tree stand or a hunting blind or just sit down on a bucket within gun or bow shot of that spot. But either way, a successful mock scrape and camera should lead to a hunting spot. So I would not put out a camera in a place that I do not plan or I'm not able to hunt if the intelligence from that camera is good. That's the whole idea. So wherever you're thinking about putting this stuff, you want to be hunting there. Especially if that mock scrape works really well and becomes a focal point for deer and really impacts movement and deer like to hit that on a daily basis coming through there, that is where you want to hunt. You want to hunt able to see and shoot something that comes up to that branch, particularly the deer that you're after. So when you do this, well, there's a best time and there's a worst time. 
Uh, it may be easier to talk about the worst time first. The worst time is during the hunting season and two to three weeks before the hunting season. That's the worst time. That That's, you know, if you're talking about gun season, you know, that's a month and a half window. You know, the, the during the season and the few weeks leading up to the season. The best time is any other time. It is any other time of the year. There's no bad time to do this, in my opinion. If you use a good vine that's still alive, you cut it and, and water drains out of it, that vine can last years. Three, four, five, six, seven years. And when it finally starts to wear out, you just replace it with another vine. Um, you know, this is not like something that there is a perfect week to do this. Now, that said, is there a preferred time to do this? This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I like to do it midsummer. Right now, I think, is the preferred time. Literally, while you're listening to this podcast, assuming you're listening to the week that it launches, midsummer, I think, is the perfect time. Why? Because there's nothing else going on midsummer. Turkey season is over and it is gone. The only thing you could hunt right now, at least in Pennsylvania, are basically crows, groundhogs, and coyotes. And it's hot and not a lot of people are going out doing that this time of year because the woods are thick. And it's a great reason and a great time to get outside. It's a great time to get outside. But also, by this time of the year, bucks are pretty well developed in their antlers. You can, you can get a really good sense of what buck is going to be right now. You know, this year I was hunting in turkey season. And I mean, the second week of April, I could tell which bucks were going to be big bucks based on just the, 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 the couple inches of antler growth that there was. By the end of the turkey season, you could really tell which bucks were going to be big. Now, they did not have more than maybe six inches of antlers. But you could tell the ones that the base of those antlers was, you know, 
three-eighths of an inch thick versus the ones that look like they were a couple inches thick, which of course is exaggerated because of the velvet, but still, you could tell a serious difference. This time of year, midsummer, you I mean, you can really tell which bucks are going to be what. And bucks antler, I mean, they antler growth only goes through maybe early to mid-August. That's usually about it. They don't get much bigger than that. So now is a great time to get out there to get your trail camera set up. Now, you know, if you go out and do this in March, it's still a good time, but you're not going to get much intel in terms of what bucks are what. You're, you're, you can, you know, you, you don't get the full value. But right now, you can really get that kind of information. And the woods are thick. You're less likely to spook deer because there's a lot more cover, a lot more places for them to hide. If you do spook them, they're usually not going to run that far. And they will certainly recover before the end of the hunting season. The way I like to do it, and this is just my preference, is I like to cease and desist all activities in the woods 30 days before hunting season starts. 30 days out. Whatever season you are hunting. You know, if you are if your archery season starts October 1st, then September 1st I'd like to be my last day doing anything in the woods. And just let the woods rest for that month leading up to the season. If you are hunting rifle season and your rifle season starts December 1st, then November 1st I'm done in the woods. Give the woods a full month to just without my presence, without pressure. Now, if you're talking about public land, and you're scouting, you may not have choice. You might have to get in there more often. But either way, you want to get that recon before then. Now, the only exception is maybe two weeks before the season starts. Um, you know, a week at the least. No less than a week before the season starts. I want to get out there to check those trail cameras. I want to get out there... You know, I do not want to be out the day before checking trail cameras because if you spook something the day before, it's over. And to be honest, if you spook a buck two weeks before the season, yeah, there's still a chance that buck is over. He might not be back during that season, <coughs> especially by opening day. Bucks usually have a three to four week forgiveness window. Mature bucks. I mean, full grown four, five, six year olds. Now, you know, again, it varies by area and location and pressure and how much they're used to people and so on. But the rule of thumb is three to four week forgiveness window. So I don't like to check the cameras really more than two weeks out. Give them my last camera check. And if I can, I'm going in at midday when the deer are least likely to be moving and I'm least likely to impact them. And I'm making minimum impact, pull those camera cards, get out of there, get home, and then use that last bit of intelligence to, to make any final decisions I need to make. But when it comes to hanging tree stands, that those decisions are made. So the way I like to do it, and I might be getting just jumping ahead of myself. So midsummer, get out there, put up your mock scrapes, get out there, put up your trail cameras. You know, mid-July is a great time to do that. Get recon for weeks, for maybe a month or two. Now, for me, my archery season starts uh, middle of September. I, I didn't look at the date before this, but it's like, you know, somewhere around the third week or so of September. So what I want to do 
is August 1st, I want to make decisions on where am I going to set up or adjust any tree stands or hunting blinds. So I want to get a few weeks of recon, a few weeks of intel to, to try to make those kind of decisions that I want to get out there mid-August at the latest with the last bit of recon and figure out, okay, where do I need to, do I need to make any tree stand adjustments? Am I going to hang any new tree stands? Am I going to move any? Am I going to set up any new hunting blinds? What am I going to do? Or am I going to set up an old hunting blind? So I'm going to set it up then. I'm going to hang the tree stand then. And then that's going to be done. And then I'm going to let the woods rest. I'll get my last check of cameras two weeks before the season starts. And by that point, I'm just trying to decide which place I want to go opening day. Where do I want to go opening day to hunt? That's how I'm doing it. Now, if you're only hunting rifle season or your archery season starts later, then you've got way more time. You have way, way more time. And the recon that you're getting in the summer, you got to be careful. Deer are not going to be the same places in November that they are in July. Their movement patterns aren't going to be the same. They're not going to be bedding often even in the same places. They're going to move and adjust with the cover and with the food. So what you're getting right now in the summer, you are getting a sense of what deer are in the area now and what deer may be in the area early archery. But come November, it's totally different. So you can't use your July and August recon to determine what you're going to do in November. That's just not going to work. You need to get some recon leading up to November or December. This is why you need those trail cams in the woods a couple months in advance. Now, I personally, I like to leave my trail cams out year-round. I like to leave them out year-round. I want to see what the deer are doing year-round. I want to see what turkeys are doing year-round. I want to see what foxes and coyotes are doing year-round. Um, because I hunt all those things. And because I just want to know, alright, is there a predator problem? I want to know where the turkeys are. I want to, I just, I enjoy every few weeks just going out and checking the trail cameras. Just seeing what's been going on, what's been going down. You know, this winter, bucks held their antlers in PA until like, End of March. I saw bucks with antlers at the end of March. So all winter, I'm getting trail cam photos of the bucks that are still around. And that's fun. It's just enjoyable. Now people say, oh, well, you don't want to wear your trail cameras out by keeping them in the woods. Well, you know, I'm going to do a review on this and talk about it a little more in the future. But, you know, the, the latest trail camera brand that I'm on right now, that's, that's quickly becoming my new favorite, they've got a five-year warranty. 100% bulletproof five-year warranty, which for me then means, okay, whether that chill camera sits on a tree or whether it sits in my garage, that time ticks. So why not put it in the woods? Let's put it in the woods year-round and let's, let's learn everything we can learn. Let's have the most fun we can fun have because to me, trail cameras are fun. So midsummer, great time. Get out there. You still have plenty of time to get this done before our early archery season. And if you're hunting late season archery, or if you're you know getting ready for the rut, and a lot of people, a lot of people in archery even, they don't do anything till the rut. They're not going out early season on opening day like I am. And or if they do, that's it. Then they're not hunting again till the rut. 
But a lot of people are waiting for the rut. They're waiting for that magic time of the year, that early November-ish time of the year when bucks are moving, deer are moving early, midday, late day, all the time for those couple weeks. And your chances really do improve of, of seeing deer and getting a shot. And so if that's the way you hunt, again, you've got plenty of time to do that right now. But I like, like I said, to leave them out year round. So I'm getting ready to go out and I'm going to set up some new scrapes. I'm going to set up another trail camera, I think. And I'm going to make some adjustments to, to my scouting positions in the woods. I'm going to go do that now because now's a fun time of the year to do that. And then I'm going to collect that recon. Why? Because that's fun to do. And then I'm going to make some adjustments maybe based on what I learned to my strategy and my stand locations. Why? Because that's fun. That's the whole reason I do any of this stuff is because it's enjoyable. It's fun to do. I like it. And that's why we're in the woods to begin with. So go ahead, head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Check out the show notes. Check out all the other episodes we've done on deer hunting, mock scrapes, trail cameras, water holes, all other kinds of hunting. And please, please, please leave me some feedback. Send me an email. Shoot me a message through the contact form. I would love to hear from you. Hit me up on Facebook. I literally just got a Facebook message from a listener yesterday or the day before with a couple of ideas for new shows. And I was like, boom, yeah, those, all three of those ideas are great. Those are going to be new shows that are coming to come out this fall. I guarantee it. So love to hear from you guys. Uh, Till next time, God bless you and go get them in the woods. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. I'll be over there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.